Welcome to Mindful Healing and Balance, a space for connection, growth, learning, healing, and creating balance. Unveiling mental health implications in everyday life in a relatable way. Hosted by Chardonnay Rollins. Welcome to my space. everyone how's it going happy new year i hope you guys are keeping well and staying safe um i am so sorry about the gap the significant gap in different episodes um things got a little bit chaotic and out of our control however we're gonna try to stick to scheduling um back in the studio with me as per usual we have our unofficial official co-host but she likes to refer herself as the forever guest speaker krishana is back guys say hey to the people hello people so um today's episode is on the role of family and friends in mental health healing process this topic has i would say mm, three or four subparts that we're going to touch on today and it kind of ties into our previous episode on cognitive distortions 101 would you like to explain or remind people what cognitive distortions are um yeah so essentially cognitive distortions are just uh irrational thought patterns um or just a disturbed mindset essentially that anybody mm-hmm. can get um which ties into uh stigma and how people have a very irrational overview mm-hmm. of what mental health really is. Exactly. So now we're going to touch on the stigma part. Stigma breeds discrimination. Let's say that together. Stigma, stigma breeds discrimination. discrimination. Okay, guys. So as Chris had said, stigma and cognitive distortions are sisters, cousins, whatever you want to call it. Let's touch. They are intertwined. They are intertwined. So, in this context, the word stigma refers to the societal disapproval and shame placed upon individuals who live with mental illness, emotional stress, and behavior disorders. For those of you who do not know, emotional distress and behavior disorders do fall underneath the umbrella of mental illness or mental health. However, the stigmatization of mental illness can come directly from family, friends, and coworkers. Research demonstrates that the stigma and discrimination of mental illness correlates with worsening symptoms and lessens the chances of individuals seeking treatment. Exactly, because it's such a gut punch. Mm-hmm. The people who are so close to you um, and you see every day to just not understand what you're going through. Exactly. Typically, mental health stigmas derive from stereotypes. As we know, stereotypes are overgeneralized beliefs and are representations of entire groups of people. However, these are always inaccurate, right? Offensive and extremely negative. The stereotypes allow individuals to cast judgments upon others based on a few specific characteristics. For example, depression is often stereotyped as being lazy and unmotivated, while anxiety for being cowardly and lacking social skills. Truthfully, in my opinion, it's the lack of understanding that fuels the stigmatization of mental illness. And for this reason, well, not my reasoning, but this rationale aligns with what researchers have put out there. And there are three common types of stigma which are 
going to be explained now. So, public stigma. The inaccurate or discriminatory attitudes that others have about mental illness, I think that is a big one. That is something that we are taught from young, you know? We like to see someone special, someone is different, someone is strange or they're not age appropriate and different things like that to sugarcoat what the actual mental health is, you know? Instead of having the conversation about it as difficult as it can be. The second one we have is self-stigma. This is internalized shame individuals have with their own mental illness. So for me, I have an anxiety. I have social anxiety. I do not like crowds. And for the longest time, I would put myself in uncomfortable situations where it's a lot of people that I do not know and I'm not familiar, I'm not comfortable, my, my hands are sweaty, my heart's racing, my stomach is doing flips. And when people be like, oh, are you okay? I'll be like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just, I don't know, scrolling on my phone or something like that to make time pass by instead of saying, hey guys, listen, I don't, like this it's not making me feel comfortable i don't want to be here so you have to stand up for yourself and not stigmatize yourself because it's okay to not be okay you know like anxiety is one of the most common common yeah that's what i thought um mental illnesses out there on top of that we all have anxiety to a certain degree right you have that flight or flight or fight um mechanism already instilled ingrained in us from birth right the last stigma is institutional stigma, the policies of government and private organizations that limit the opportunities of people with mental illness intentionally or unintentionally. Okay, so now that we have a basic understanding of how stigma influences the mental healing process, as well as coming to terms of diagnosis, should you be diagnosed with one, we can now present you for statistics from the American Psychological Association surrounding going to therapy and counseling. Yeah, so about 30% of people who have been referred to a therapist and should be going to therapy actually do not go to therapy or counseling out of fear of judgment. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So moving on to our next subcategory, this part is about coming to terms with the diagnosis because in order for your family and friends to assist in the mental healing process, they have to, you as an individual have to come to terms with your diagnosis as well as them, right? So there are different factors that influence resolution and you can actually act in an unresolved manner. So when talking about resolution, that essentially means that you have to continue life in a positive manner by altering your expectations of yourself, your child or a loved one to accommodate their capabilities and view their diagnosis or your own diagnosis as a positive experience without disputing the possible negative circumstances. Contrarily, parents or persons who are unresolved with their diagnosis view the condition negatively, displaying biases of his or her proficiencies and tribulations. Persons who are unresolved are more concerned with how the diagnosis will have an impact on their own lives rather than how it will impact the actual diagnosed person. This is key, so I am going to say it again. Persons who are unresolved are more concerned with how the diagnosis will have an impact on their own lives rather than how it will impact the actual diagnosed person. This goes back to the the, the ideologies around stigma because the stigma that mental health carries outweighs um, your own reputation of yourself, if that makes sense. Meaning you are so concerned that it's going to tarnish 
your your current reputation or how people view you because the word mental health or depression is inserted into your picture, your life, right? Exactly. The stereotype really diminishes what depression, anxiety, any sort of mental illness actually is. Especially like when people say things like, oh, they're so schizophrenic. Meaning like someone yep. has just really gone, like become unhinged. Rather than saying this person is unhinged or this person is going through something, that is the response to just say someone is schizophrenic or, and it just diminishes what the actual illness is. Exactly. So inadequate resolution can result in parental detachment due to pessimistic feelings encompassing the diagnosis due to feeling confused as to why the child has autism, for example. In terms of parents' acceptance of their children's diagnosis, there is a tool that clinicians can use called the Reaction to Diagnosis Interview. Now, it'll be interesting to see if that's given out to all patients or if it's just given out to some, right? With the very like negative reaction. Exactly. So basically, the results from the RGI are classified into two categories, resolved and unresolved. For participants to be categorized sorry, as resolved, he or she must exemplify a successful transition through positive coping mechanisms after receiving their child's diagnosis. On the flip side, participants categorized as unresolved present themselves with persistent negativity and utilize demissive coping mechanisms, i.e. blaming themselves and failure to accept the diagnosis. So this is pretty interesting. The classification of resolved parenting is further divided into three subcategories, which are action, thinking, and feeling. Personally, I think that the subcategories are utilized by parents to attain and maintain resolution. But I would also say that in my experience and what I decided in my master's is that what assists with parents coming to terms or finding resolution into diagnosis, even persons in general, is psychoeducation. Definitely. Psychoeducation is such an underrated tool, you guys. It is paramount. It really is. Like, I honestly love psychoeducation. I love educating people about the common misconceptions of mental health, which is why we're doing this podcast. We're giving you free information. Free information. And that can help you. Because we're nerds. We are. <laughs> May not look it, but we are. So we're going to talk about some psychoeducation right here. Okay. So Krish. Um, so it is also good to understand like when you are diagnosed or your kid is diagnosed with anything or a family member or a coworker, it is good to ask them questions or insist that they ask questions to a professional so that they can a get a better understanding of mm-hmm. their situation B, they can do their own follow-up research to figure out what makes them more comfortable. Um, And also for them to understand that the the whole normal thing, nothing is ever really normal. Like if this happens to your life, okay, that is normal. Chaos is normal. Things happening in your life is normal. I would say that when, when you're talking about normal, I'm going to jump in here, sorry to cut you off. Um, society has created a bunch of social constructs which they have deemed to be normal based upon their, their normal. I, I wouldn't even say stereotypes. They're normal. What's normal for them? 
it's like you're robbing Peter to pay Paul because it works for one person. It's got to work for all. Work for, it's not a one-size-fits-all. It's not. So when people say, oh, this is normal, it's not normal. When people try to diminish um, things like anxiety and depression, oh, I have this, I have that, I'll fully understanding what encapsulates what it means. It's like, no, you can't. You can't just throw terminology out there and expect it to be the norm. But, um, yeah. I guess. Yeah. And the entire goal of psychoeducation is for people to do better for themselves, for people to get a better understanding of what's going on, to be accustomed to living the lifestyle that they have to live from the day that they get a diagnosis or their child gets a diagnosis, um, and to improve their mental health conditions. The goal is always improvement, to be better, mm-hmm. to be a better version of yourself. And to have a better understanding, right? An in-depth understanding of what's going on with you and the next person. I would also say that going to groups is is key as well. They do have different groups that assist with um, mental illness. So just support in general. Exactly. And I think that's that's important. And even if you're wanting to have a group with your own family, I'm pretty sure you can go to a, a therapist or a counselor or someone like myself yeah, so and Krishana. You can have so some emotional support. Exactly. And clarity and understanding and you know, devise an action plan to best assist your family moving forward when it comes to this, how you're gonna have to adjust different areas of your life in order to be the most successful that you can be with the with the current diagnosis. And it like I said, so it's important to ask questions to want to use external internal resources go to groups, do your own research, just so that you have a better understanding of what is going on, instead of just taking a diagnosis and essentially running with it and saying, well, I can't do this, 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 because of this one problem that you are going through. Not that that's a bad thing, but that really gives it, turns a mental illness into a hindrance in your life and not necessarily um, something that's in your life that isn't holding you back Mm -hmm. it's just it's like just because you have any mental illness does not mean that your life has to stop you have to be paused and um you just gotta stay there definitely and most importantly acknowledge the fact that it's okay to not be okay it's okay not to be okay like every day it is not picture perfect for anyone Mm -hmm. everyone goes through a downtime Everyone has very low days. Everyone has super high days. Not every day is going to be the same. Um, and, like, you know, you can scream it or like to the top of your lungs, you know? Yeah. Go outside and just really feel down. But it's important that when you are feeling down, uh, you acknowledge it. And it's important when you are feeling great to acknowledge that you are feeling great. Mm-hmm. Um, and really uh, internalize that feeling and sort of does it acknowledge it, acknowledge yeah. it, <laughs> understand it, process it, reflect on it. Reflective practice is key. We touch back based on that in another episode. But honestly, guys, all in all, um, the point of this episode was to start to normalize the conversation for twenty twenty two. The goal was to have people understand how stigma outweighs the healing process for friends loved ones and yourself exactly um the the other point was to highlight the importance of psychoeducation 
and listening to different podcasts like ours and others and using different free resources like on the website and you know just anywhere to to lean on for support because we are in some really trying times where our mental health you can't snap you can have you can have breakdowns and it's okay it's how you overcome it it's how you work through it it's how you resolve the issues for your life to continue to move in a upward mobility you know area yeah you're going forward not backwards Mm -hmm. you need to uh put in your head and just understand again it's okay not to be okay it's okay to say it and it's better that you say it so that you can understand it and move forward agreed this episode is a little bit short today, guys, because we wanted to just give you a powerful yet easy to understand and flow message. Um, we hope you found this information helpful. If you need any further assistance or guidance, you can go on our website, chardonnayrollins.com, and shoot us an email, and we will get back to you to better assist, or you can book a session for some psycho ed and things like that as well. Um... We look forward to talking to you in our next episode. Later for now. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I hope you learned something new and enjoyed the conversation.